I'm Dr. Margaret. Welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. I've often wondered what I should talk about when I start to think about doing the show. And as always, one of my spirit guides is in my head telling me what to talk about. This time, I was told very clearly to talk about the laws of karma. So before I start on it, I want to actually say, what does karma mean? I have broached this on previous shows. Karma is an Indian word and has often been misused in the Western world. People come to me and say, do I have some bad karma? And um, is that going to pop up and bite me in the face? Because in my past life, I was evil or I was uh, mean to someone or I was suffering, I was a prostitute, I was a man who beat women and so on. And so in this life, women abused me or something and so on. Well, the bottom line, there is no payback for bad acts or good acts. Karma means fate. It means what you create that you are going to walk into. You're master of yourself. And so you've set up yourself to do whatever you're going to do throughout your life. And as you know, we all have freedom of choice. Even if we're in a prison, locked up 24-24, we still have a choice about how we use our time in our brain and in our emotions and how we deal with issues that are going on outside of ourselves. So what I'd like to share with you, in case you don't know, is that one of my spirit guides that I work with is Cornelius Tacitus, who was a very well-known Roman writer and historian. It is because of his work that we know so much more about the Roman Empire than we did before. His tablets and writings were discovered and are in the British Museum. However, I want to make it very clear, I had no idea that he existed or, you know, what he'd done was existed or anything. All I knew was he just turned up in my head and started to talk to me. And of course, he told me some things about himself and I listened intently. And so over the years, he's been one of my moderators with this show. And today he told me, you need to talk about the laws of karma. And I said to him, well, why? You know, it's in my book, The Way to Oneness. And he said, what do you see in the world? And I said, revolution. I see everything upside down. And he said, precisely. So here I am, kind of having Cornelius in my head, talking to you about the laws of karma. If you'd like to know more about them later, in case I forget to say anything, you can always get hold of me, Dr. Margaret, rvc at gmail.com, or go to my website, www.sumariscenter.com. And I've always said, you know, if you like my videos or you like my books, you can get the links on my website or get the books from me there or you can go to Amazon according to your choice 
So having done my little pitch here, I'm now going to talk about the laws of karma. The first law, as written and channeled by Cornelius to me, is no fragment may impose its will on another at any time on any level. Now I'm sure you never thought of yourself as a fragment, so what do I have to say about that? You are a piece of a group of people. You are one part of the pie, if you like. You are a very important part of that pie because without it, you're not whole. So in the same way with the soul group, you are very important to your soul group. So while you're incarnated on earth, you are, through the dynamics of the oneness, through your psyche, connected to all the other fragments of your soul group. Now where are they? They might be in the lost realms of negativity in the lower astral. They could be even still in the lower forms and planes that I talked about in my last show. But they're evolving and you may feel them pulling on you sometimes and you may feel as though you're getting negative. But in another sense, you're in unity with those fragments. But you cannot be invaded by them. This law, no fragment may impose its will on another at any time on any level, is there to protect you. So even if some of the lower fragments of your soul group are calling out, you may feel them, but you can shut them out. You have the freedom of choice to not go into negativity. At the same time, you have the freedom of choice to turn your back on the higher vibrations of the oneness, such as spirit guides, guardian angels, ascended masters, whatever you want to call them. You could turn your back. You can say, I don't want to interact with you today. I'm too busy doing my own thing. I reject you. I don't believe in you. You can do all of that. And they will, according to this law, step back. Not impose their will on you in any way, shape or form. They have to wait until you say, I want to interact with you. Now you might say, well, okay, I can isolate myself. And the truth is you can, but why would you want to? Because you have to assimilate where you've been and what you've done in the past before you can interact with more ascended beings. When you're ready to learn more, you will automatically open up your spirit consciousness and allow yourself to integrate with other fragments of your soul group. Those fragments of your soul group could even be living all over the planet. You could have, say, a hundred people living in different countries right now, and they are in some way symbiotic with you. In other words, they're feeding off your lessons, you're feeding off their lessons, and your spirit guides are feeding off all of your lessons together. When I say feeding, it's like fuel to the soul. The soul needs input. The soul needs to know the unity and oneness as well as the separation. So every fragment that's living on earth or in any other plane 
is able to shut off all the others or open up and join with them according to when they're in the mood, when they're ready to learn. If not, they're going to be in isolation. So this law makes sure you have time to be in your own space, do your own thing, and evolve in your own time. The second law is this. Each fragment shall be responsible for all it creates in positive and negative action. Now you'll notice that the wording is it because we as humans have told us in our languages he, she. We do refer to animals as it. We don't say is it a male or a female till we found out afterwards that we have names for it. So in the oneness our form is not just solidified to a human form. We can be in the hearts and minds of anything that's been created. So the spirit self has a dynamic that the earthly self doesn't have. And so we could, for example, look like a rabbit in the spirit world, but talk like a human. And that's where we get our mystic point of view about the magic of the underworld, the spirit world, and so on because our spirit is able to transform its shape. But whatever it does, it must be responsible for what it does. So in other words, if I could see myself as a, a rabbit in the spirit world, a talking rabbit, as I mentioned before, then I am in that space and in that shape because I've chosen to have it. I can't blame anyone else. I can't say it's your fault. I can't ask someone else to help me unless I first accept that I made the choice to take this form. Now, if I get stuck in this form and I realize I can't get out of it and I'm a talking rabbit for the rest of my eternity, I could turn around and call upon some of the other soul fragments of my group to come and rescue me. And if I do that, at that point, the way they try to rescue me is their way. If I don't like the way they try to rescue me, I have the right under the first law that no fragment may impose its will on another at any time, in any way, on any level, then I can reject their help. Now, in rejecting them, I shouldn't be guilty. I should be saying, that I'm responsible for that decision to reject them. And if I'm in more misery afterwards, hey, that's my responsibility. I am not responsible for their response to my negativity and my rejection. It's up to them to learn something or to wait and observe me until another time when I call out again. So other fragments of a soul group are given their freedom and opportunity to be responsible for themselves in any dynamic with another fragment. So each is responsible for their own understanding, feeling, experiences, challenges, opportunities, and so on. And if we interact in some way during that time of learning to be responsible, we now have to move into the third law of karma. That third law says 
that each fragment shall share itself with all other fragments in unconditional love. Now I know on earth that is very, very difficult to love someone who's just killed someone. I was recently with someone who was bragging about how they love their guns and how they love to go out and shoot deer. My immediate response is, poor deer, why would I want to kill it just for the sake of killing it? But I had to acknowledge that at the same time this man was appreciating what he could do, call it a talent, call it a skill, whatever it was, and that he also took that deer and shared it with a local tribe. So it wasn't bad. He was actually doing something good. But from a spiritual point of view, he was killing. I could have sat and judged him. But I realized everything has its place. He likes to shoot guns. That's his way. He has learned. He brought up that. And that's his experience. And I have no place in my life to judge him. What I should be doing is loving him for what he's showing me about my own beliefs, my own feelings, my own thoughts. Whatever I decide, that's my choice. And if I want to withdraw and go into the first law and never have anything to do with that person again, I can. But either way, those three laws connect me with the fourth law. And that fourth law is that each fragment shall attract like in the mirror image, either in opposition or support for growth without judgment. Now there's a lot there. So the first thing I want to say is you're listening to my show. You've chosen to do that. That was your free will. That was your space. That was your responsibility. And you're alone listening. So you have room in your own space to digest what I'm saying. And under the second law, you are responsible for how you digest what I say to you and how you work with it in your life. I'm not. I'm just giving you something for you to think about. And whatever you do is your choice. Now, hopefully, under the third law, you will learn that what I've shared with you is for you to do the best you can with it and to love me as much as you want in some way, shape or form for helping you. But more importantly, to mirror image the act of giving and sharing into yourself so that you feel love and support in yourself to go out in the world and share what you know with other people and even if you feel like it to share this show and many of my other shows with other people and that way we mirror image one another I'm helping people you're helping people now I mentioned here as I read it that in opposition so let's take religion for example we could all believe there's God but I might be a Christian who's a Baptist and you might be a Jehovah's Witness. And we might say that we are in opposition to our beliefs, our thoughts and ideas, but we have a common string, God. So in our own way, we worship and adore God. So in the same way, we must learn to adore all the fragments 
that we encounter in our life even if they have an opposition a different point of view to the way we think and feel and then on top of that we must acknowledge that some people need support in their beliefs and ideas even if they're a bit screwy and that we have in some way a desire within ourselves to love them help them that we have within ourselves the responsibility of being a role model to allow them to see what's possible and available for them to mirror image and if necessary we must stand back and wait and see what they do because it's their choice about how they accept or don't accept what we're trying to share and either way whether we're being very negative or very positive there is some kind of lesson going on and that causes us to question our life and to stimulate us to grow emotionally, mentally, physically and spiritually. It's a big law that one. It really combines all the prior ones, one, two and three together in the fourth law. And so whether we like it or not, every day we bump into someone who's just like us. It may be the way they walk or talk, it may be the subjects they're interested in, it may be that they have a certain style of beliefs and ideas, philosophy and theology, it goes on and on. It's up to you to be able to look at the world outside of you and see yourself in all those situations, scenarios, people, animals, plants, it goes on and on, anything that's around you in the world. And of course, once you attune to all of that, you suddenly become aware that this world is a marvelous place and start to appreciate all life forms on it and begin to say to yourself, well, where did all this come from? It must have been created somehow. And that takes us into the fifth law, which is this. Each fragment shall in unconditional love surrender to the creator okay does surrender hurt you do you think that it means give up lay down and be walked all over actually if you surrender to the creator you actually start to receive input you start to understand how the creator was in the beginning a manifester of all forms so in the mirror image of that the fourth law you are able to take that connection of the oneness all the other fragments that you've united with in some way and begin to see ways to manifest the things that are most appropriate to your lifestyle and your creativity and in that way, mirror image, God. Now you might say, but I don't know, God's the almighty or powerful being. Well, God is an energy source that we cannot define. Let's take a, a little break for a minute and let me talk about all my books. You've probably seen while you've been listening to my show, if you're on webtalkradio.net, that my books have been showing up. 
I want you to understand that if you read one book, while it's complete in itself, all the books are integrate in different ways. So if you're an avid reader, you might like to read all my books. Now you can get the books as a download now from my website or from Amazon as an ebook. So you might want to get them and then you can flip backwards and forwards between the books once you've read them all and you'll begin to see how they integrate and give you a whole picture. Coming back to this fifth law, whether we're a fragment of a soul group which has a hundred people living on the earth right now or whether we have a thousand people on this earth you may never consciously know who they are until there's some major event which causes some kind of catastrophe in our mind i.e. a tsunami, an earthquake violent winds, tornadoes, and so on. When we see that kind of destruction, we start to think, okay, what about my life? I'm like a flea on the back of a dock. I don't know how long I'll be here. I could drive my car and it's bye-bye tomorrow. So what is important is to live each day in the moment. Now, many other shows I've talked about being fully conscious in the moment, omnipresent, okay? I want you now to take a little step back and, and we're going to talk a little bit more here because, again, I told you I've got Cornelius in my head. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about point of view and perspective. You've got these laws now. You know what they are, okay? The first step is to be able to stand alone. You know, there was a show years ago, a radio show I used to listen to in England, was on, uh, living on a desert island, I think it was called Desert Island, where a, a celebrity would be asked if they were cast away on a desert island, what would be the 10 things they want to have with them? It was interesting to listen to because one of the first things that many said was a book. Now, whether it was a Bible or a novel or Dickens or something, it was interesting because whatever book they chose, it had a lot of messages to them personally. The second thing they always wanted was some music, something they could play, and they picked a favorite tune. The third thing that many of them chose was the recording of somebody's voice. They wanted to hear another voice. The fourth thing that often they chose was tools to which to survive. And they were only allowed like one thing. So could it be a knife or, an, or a, a bow and arrow, something that would help them survive. And after that, they were given the freedom to choose a few other things. Always, whenever I was listening to that show, I always heard underneath everything they said how important it was to love themselves because they are only in their own company. In fact, there have been movies made about people on desert islands and you see the controversy they go through in terms of survival. And that really brings it to home how important our life is to us. But let's come back to you in your everyday life. You've got your family around, you've got your work, you've got all the things that you normally do. They're 
very invasive to you. They don't give you time to really stop and think, I need my own space. You may do it when you're really tired and you want to have a little nap or go to bed for the night, but during the day, it's very important to have your own space. There are lots of people who smoke, for example, just so they can go outside of the building and have a break. Unfortunately, smoking is a habit that we could do without, but you need to take that time out. You need to go out and breathe, breathe in the atmosphere, see the trees, see the buildings, and say to yourself, someone built that that I could look at it. Someone planted that tree that I could see it. Someone did something somewhere that has left me a moment to stand here in my own space and appreciate those that went before me, those that did something that brought me to this point of awareness. And being in your own space, on your own, to do that is vital to your brain, to your emotions, to your mind, and to your body. The next thing is to realize that when you integrate with work colleagues and other people, you have time to appreciate them. If you stop fussing about the work you both have in common and start looking at them. I recently had someone who came to me and said, I can't get along with my work colleagues. They were so focused on bossing and derogative remarks that they didn't stop to realize that, hey, maybe that work colleague has problems at home. Maybe that work colleague feels insecure in being their boss. What is really going on inside them? It's very important under the second law to realize that we reflect outside of ourselves and we attract to ourselves people who will mirror image us under the fourth law. So it's very important to recognize that we have an opportunity under stress and tension to stop and think about the way we think, the way we judge ourselves and other people as to how they are responsible or irresponsible in some way for what we consider our pain and our suffering. The bottom line is, if we use the first law, we can withdraw, we can recover, we can take deep breaths, and we can really start to see that this person is not all bad, that there is something in them that's good that attracts us to them. And so there is a part of us that will, under the third law, love them, give them a second chance, give them an opportunity to explain more about themselves, try and understand more of our own reflection of that person, because yes, we are negative and we are positive and it's all there. We just have to give ourselves a chance to see what goes on in drama outside of us and stop and go, okay, I'm mirror imaging them or they're mirroring me under the fourth law. And I haven't stopped to think about the third law, which means that I see these fragments of my soul group or someone else's soul group in a different dynamic which allows me to have love for them unconditionally. And once you see 
this, you begin to realize you don't have to keep going back in history to rehash everything and go over who did what, when, where, how and why and blame and shame them in some way saying that it's because of them I'm suffering. What you need to realize that is every single person you see out there is showing you an opportunity how to be, to be negative or to be positive. You know they made that movie, um, The Power of One. One little boy, white boy boxing in Africa changed the mindset of the enslaved black men to find harmony and peace amongst themselves and to bond together in the power as one voice, which is the whole movie. I suggest you rent it and listen to it. But it's the same in your family. Your family can be one voice. You can be united with all your different points of view and come to a common ground where you don't have to harp on what they said and did last year or the year before, but rather can go to a point of peace in the family by saying, let's all listen, really listen, and hear what one another is saying. Let's pay attention and time to their arts, skills, talents, and so on, and integrate our personalities in such a way that we feel like we're a very balanced family. And you can do the same at work. You can do it wherever you go. You have a choice whether to be fully in the present and really see what's going on all around you and interact with your choices or withdraw when you want to, be responsible for those choices and so on, and allow yourself the enjoyment of being fully present. Now that doesn't mean you can't look back at the past. Of course you will. But what did you become as the result of all those past events? That's what's important. And how you can build a new life, a new direction, opening other opportunities into your future. Opportunity knocks when you least expect it. It comes through people you least expect to give it to you. Why? Because they're in a new dynamic. They're in your future. They've got to share with you in different ways once you open up to being your own boss, your own power, your own responsible self, knowing you can interact and love new people without fear of resentment, of judgment, of resistance, and so on. And once you realize just how positive you are, you'll be amazed how in the mirror image all the people turn up in your life are very positive. And guess what? You all get things done. Life evolves. You manifest so much more in your life. You feel happy. All that negativity you've journeyed through is washed away. You've become wise. You've become strong. You've become powerful. So that even if you were suddenly cast on a real desert island, you have all the emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical tools within you to survive alone. And of course, guess what? Just as you get your little hut and everything set up, yep, a boat's going to come sailing by and rescue you because some of the fragments of your soul group know where you are 
and for some unknown reason the captain of that boat would just happen to turn towards your island and find you. And that is called unconditional love from God. That is called surrender to God to be saved. Every day of your life there's going to be someone who's going to have a little message from God to you. So open your ears up. Open your eyes up. Look around because every single person, thing you see has a message that's plain as a nose on your face. So with that thought, we're going to leave you now to remember these laws. And I'm going to say them in simple form now. One, you have your own space. Enjoy it. Two, Whatever you think, feel, act, and do is your responsibility. Whatever you've put yourself into any situation, you can get yourself out of. Three, love everybody because no matter who they might be, there's some gorgeous parts of them being displayed. See it, enjoy them. Four, recognize everyone out there as an aspect of yourself, mirror image, and go with the flow of how you interact with them and you'll learn something you get lots of messages and five believe that the oneness knows you exist does care about you and will send you help when you ask so ask that's what jesus taught everyone that's what buddha said find the middle road jesus said ask and you shall receive etc so ask and that means coming back to me. If you want help, ask me. Dr. Margaret, rvc at gmail.com or go to www.sumariscenter.com and write to me there. There's always a way to help anyone, no matter who they are, no matter what their given situation, there is always a way to help people. So don't think you're helpless. Don't think that no one cares about you because there is someone loving you somewhere. So until we meet again, please share this video with anyone you think needs it. Blessings. Bye.